Welcome to First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis, the birthplace of Congregational Humanism. We carry on that tradition of free thought today, dedicated to promoting a free search for truth, meaning, and justice. Our web address is firstunitarian.org. I'm David Breeden, Senior Minister. Welcome. So some of you who have been here for a while already know this, but my time here at FUS started as an experiment. Not long after Reverend David arrived here in 2013, it became clear that there was plenty of work for more than one minister. David had a couple of part-time interns helping out, but they were going to go away, and the workload was not. And so with a one-year grant from the FUS Foundation, a half-time assistant ministry position was born. And I was so extremely fortunate to get that job. It was really an experiment involving all of us. And eight years later, we can declare it a success. <laughs> FUS was able to support and even expand my position. This experiment succeeded because this congregation places a high value on professional ministry. And because you and I have worked so well together. I have said before, and I will say for eternity, that I am so grateful to Reverend David for taking a chance on a minister fresh out of the box. <laughs> when I started, my specific duties were laid out in my letter of agreement, things like pastoral care and adult programming. But it was the overarching charge that David gave me that was perhaps the most important. I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he basically told me, Jim, I mostly just need you to be yourself. I knew almost immediately what he meant. I said, oh, you need me to be a good-natured humanist who likes and cares about people. I can do that. <laughs> and what a tremendous privilege it has been. So many jobs in this world involve paying people to do things they'd never otherwise do. And here I was, getting to bring my full self to my role. Not every day has been perfect, of course. Every career has its moments and ups and downs. But more days than not, I would come to work filled with gratitude. I get to be a minister today. One of the pillars of my ministry is hospitality, striving to make this congregation and the world at large more welcoming to more kinds of people. And the core operating question of my ministry has been, what do they need? What do you need? The answers to that question have been ever-changing, ranging from highly individualized situations to the best interests of the institution as a whole. My answers to that question, what do they need, have come from training and intuition, research and consultation, best guesses, and most importantly, relationship. Sometimes people don't quite know what they need, you're in a crisis, or you're dealing with the trees right in front of you and not seeing the forest, or you simply don't know what the options are out there. Relationships have helped us work together to figure the answers out. On the best days, my ministry has made me feel like a kid with a new box of Legos, getting to be creative in the purest sense of the word, bringing into existence something of value where previously there was nothing. We, you and I together, have gotten to create so much over the years. 
discussion groups, writing groups, a right relations team, a mental health awareness team, a young adult group, grief groups, coffee hours, happy hours, a hiking club, classes on everything from death to rising authoritarianism to the history of African Americans within Unitarian Universalism. And we have created so many Sunday assemblies full of meaning, connection, laughter, song, and beauty. What do they need? Sometimes we needed a bingo game or a birthday party. Sometimes we needed a chili cook-off or a talent show to get us through the more isolating times of the pandemic. Sometimes we needed a beautiful memorial service at which all the right things were said. Sometimes you've needed to sit on my office couch with a box of tissues. Sometimes we've just needed a really fun wedding, and we've had plenty of those. And what a joy it has been to serve in a place where new ideas can land on fertile soil. Because around here, among the congregants, the instinctive responses tend to be, tell me more, I'm in, let's go. And even though I'm preparing to say goodbye, we get to keep so much of it. You get to keep the connections and the ideas. I get to keep all that I have learned from Kelly and David and the staff. And we all get to keep our hearts that are bursting with memories. And my goodness, have we been through some stuff together. Yes. On an individual level, I've had the honor of being with some of you through difficult days, times of staggering loss and personal upheaval. And collectively, over the past eight years, we have been through enormous changes in our country and in our city. Experiences I could not have begun to imagine when I stepped out of seminary and into this ministry. As many of you know, speaking to you on Sundays is actually a pretty small part of my job, something I've worked on only a few days a month. I've been giving the main talk about eight times a year. But somehow, even with that infrequent schedule, my Sundays included the Sunday after the 2016 election, the first Sunday of the pandemic shutdown, the Sunday after George Floyd was murdered, and the Sunday after the Derek Chauvin verdict. What do they need? What did we need when a tyrant took the presidency, when a plague swept our nation, when racist police killings upended our city? These were hard, huge things, but we found our way through together, all of us, congregants and ministers, and I would not have wanted to go through it any other way. Even as I am so grateful for journeying with you, it is these seismic changes in our city and in our democracy that have contributed to my decision to move on from this particular ministry. I have learned so much, but I have grown about as much as I can grow in this specific container, and it's time for a new season. I've preached repeatedly about the importance of taking breaks, and I'm following my own advice. As I look into new ways of being, living, writing, serving, and advocating for change. I'm hoping for a life that is both more contemplative and more relational. Also, with more weekends off. <laughs> In the past couple of months, beloved members of FUS have sent me countless emails, cards, and comments to wish me well. And there are two themes, gratitude and sadness. I also am definitely feeling both of those emotions. 
As I prepare to say goodbye to all that has been so good, I've discovered that I'm living out my own grief sermons, hearing my own words echo in my head. Grief will catch you when you least expect it. Grief is not linear. Find loved ones who will listen to you. Grief is the price of love. Sure is. I once heard, overheard a minister who is not here today say this about their congregation. I'm not there to love them, I'm there to serve them. That comment surprised me because for me it's always been a very strong both and. As we say here every week, love is the spirit of this place and I can't imagine serving people I didn't love. I suppose it'd be a lot easier to leave if love were not in the mix. <laughs> but for me, love is the difference between a job and a calling, between a job and a ministry. And so here we are on a day that marks a great change. Here we are living into the challenges of this goodbye, turning our we back into you and me. It's true that we don't get to write any more new stories together. That's another line from my talks about grief. But we part company with a great library of stories in our hearts and minds, with abundant memories and many adventures ahead for all of us. There is nothing more for me to say except thank you, thank you, thank you. I got to be your minister, and I wish you the best in all that is to come. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find much more about humanism and what's happening at First Unitarian Society in Minneapolis by visiting our website at firstunitarian.org.